0: When kids that have no problem figuring out where to eat and where to sleep constantly talk about their own survival Now, something, something must be done. To listen, to learn, to witness I don't know, you choose This is Speak Like You Talk A David MRE recipe in collaboration with C.C. Strombeck. Enjoy. Male or female, or however you identify, I think everybody knows how it feels. To feel vulnerable, and it could be anybody of that looks at you in a certain way. It might just yeah. be like something really yeah. 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 in to, to me, there are so many universal kind yeah. of like emotions yeah. and feelings yeah. and interests, yeah. and then they might manifest themselves in like so, so many different I mean. kind of forms. funny, I'm like a really non-confrontational person. So the times that I, like, obviously, like that confrontation with my colleagues, that time that I had a negative kind of effect, And um, I thought it's not going to work for me because I never, I don't think I'd ever had a lucid dream or a kind of dream where you are in the dream and realize that it's, you know, a dream and that you could, that there are multiple possibilities for you to explore another kind of dimension of your consciousness or something in the dream. But I went home and I had this like really vivid dream that I put my hand in um a sack of, like, grain or, like, beans, like, dried beans or something, and that I really felt it. And that in my dream, I was, like, I feel it. Like, I can feel the sensation of putting my hand in, you know, like, and it was, like, a super nice sensation, you know, like, sticking your hand in these dried beans or rice or something and, like, kind of feeling it in your fingers. And that was my, like, first experience of a lucid dream. Often I find that like it's me who and my not willingness to confront things that is kind of the thing that upsets me in those situations. (laughs) Like I hold things very, I'm the only one who came out of that confrontation. I think feeling, oh, that was awful and negative and like (laughs) horrible. I feel like uh, some people don't hold it so much inside like I do. But I think as I get older that I... I'm better at dealing with confrontation. In a kind of way of like, okay, I'm not going to take it personally. If there is a confrontation in my life with someone or that some issue needs to be confronted, that that can also have a positive kind of outcome or reconciliation or be cathartic or something. I guess like my dream (laughs) that there was a confrontation, but the, the outcome doesn't always have to be like a negative. And sometimes holding back from confrontation is worse and has a more negative kind of undercurrent than addressing things. Should I have confrontations with my partner where my partner maybe confronts me, or even with my family maybe where they confront you with something about yourself that you don't want. And then sometimes it's hard and it hurts a little bit or you think, no, I'm not like that or I don't do that. And then you have to kind of sit with it a little bit yourself. And then you see that that's a really important part of growing maybe as a person. So there's probably a lot of times over the last years that um, my partner confronts me about, I meet him or obviously but you think you're always right in the circumstances but you do this too or you do that too and it's it's important, I mean it's an important part of growing I think to accept that and kind of let it go I'm definitely always, as well as being non-confrontational, I'm also like a person who's also like very reluctant to say what I know because I'm so open to that. The next moment, I I think I know something and then I don't, you know. But I guess if you talk about your what you know about your experience and then in relation to, um, what yeah your gender or, or all of these kind of things, I guess. What do I know? I know that, that, yeah, I know that being a biologically, um, female and looking female or whatever that means. Um, cause I don't believe that like, yeah, my biological gender would necessarily have to define like the way I look or the way I, Present myself to the to the world, um, but I guess I look like a, a classical heterosexual female walking around who is also biologically female. Um, that yeah, I, I do experience that kind of fun. I do I know that I experience my vulnerability as an emotion, like I, that I perceive myself to be more vulnerable than say when I look at someone who presents themselves as male walking down the street. I do perceive myself more vulnerable and maybe that I know that that affects the way that I behave or the, the choices that I make or where I walk at, <laughs> at night or where I choose to go or I don't think it always has done I think when I was younger I was a bit more like aware of that but then also in defiance. <laughs> Like I'm going to get on this bus at night because my biology or my identity doesn't dictate what I should or shouldn't do or where I can go or what I can do by myself. I feel like that's not um, that's not for me. But now I guess I'm a bit more aware. Yeah, I know that I'm aware of that on, a, on some level. That there is a, a thought in my mind somewhere if I go somewhere late at night or I'm by myself that... I may be perceived more vulnerable. Maybe an illusion is is a kind of on a if we ever figure out what dreams are in our conscious state. Maybe an illusion is somewhere along that kind of spectrum of something that our mind is producing. But I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, my uh, I know that my experiences is, is based on also based on what I what I've learned of society through media, through other outlets also, through what you're taught as a child, like you are more vulnerable than, I don't have a brother, but like you are more vulnerable um, than your male counterpart, right? So maybe that's also learned, obviously, largely, from what you pick up and... That will be different, I guess, for for people of my generation than it would be for people of or a different generation or also maybe a different uh, background or ethnicity or a different uh, gender. Everybody learns things about their experience as well, I think, and picks up things and they, then that feeds into maybe your experience. Like, I think me and my boyfriend talk about this a lot sometimes, like how does that feed into our experience like what we're thinking in our heads or what we're assuming people think of us, how much does that feed into our experience? Like He thinks that of the like super macho men in the street, how much does, and I say always, how much of your experience in your head or your perception of how that guy is bigger and you know, looks at you, makes you feel that there is a tension or that, that, you know, there is something, is it there, is it not there, how much do our, like, learned experiences of what we think, the truth is, impacts our, like, actual experiences every day in life. I think sometimes that is the it it happens a a lot every day in life that there are things that you care about like the environment, but then you go home and you're tired and you think I need to wash this thing out to recycle it, and then you think they're not even gonna recycle this anyway, and then like what is the point? And like I don't give a shit anymore, and I'm gonna throw it in the normal trash, and then afterwards I, I I. you know, I think oh, what happened to me? I used to be such a <laughs> like kind of positive uh positive person like really super cared about that um so I think it can happen on like a lot of different levels that you care about stuff, but that then your personal kind of like day or emotions getting get in the way but one big thing i'm not I'm not sure I really don't care about um Like having, it sounds a bit silly now because I've like spent so long like working with arts institutions and I'm working now in the arts institution. I really like what I do. Um, But I don't really care how people think about my career you know like i don't care about the perception that if i decide to go do something else and work in a shop i don't care (laughs) i have the impression that someone else cares that other people care i have the impression that certain people stop being friends with other people that they perceive to stop caring about their careers or, or if they don't then belong to a certain network of of people and stuff but it's not a moral question i guess kind of like an in-between like there are some there's a lot of social pressure for people to care about like contributing to society and 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 having a certain level of job or if you went to university and your parents sent you there that you should uh you should do something with that I mean could be an advantage if I think you use as an incentive to do those kind of things if you if you think okay that's not important for me so much in in life i'm gonna go work in a shop and then i i'm gonna die so i need to spend as much time as i can outside of that with friends and family and and money and doesn't necessarily as long as i have enough to live and and be comfortable that that's not like uh That's a good incentive, I think. If it makes you do things like, okay, I'm going to go travel for a year, or I'm going to do this, if if you're able to do certain things, and that's an incentive to do those things sooner rather than later, because you're aware that you're going to die. I think it's more of a positive thing than it is a negative thing. Because everything on earth dies, right? We know that. We know that from quite young. And we have to process that. And then, I mean, there is no, Yes, it's negative, obviously, like we feel like we don't want that to happen. We don't want it to happen to other people in our lives. But I think the positives that come out of that, like if, if you can use it in a positive way, that's way bigger than the negative effect. Speak like you talk, a day that MRE recipe.